Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and welcome to the show that digs deeper to understand what really matters most in business. I'm a senior director at CFGI, where I help my clients with their valuation and finance needs. Uh, if you have any uh, interest in reaching out to me, please do. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, today, I'm super excited to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is the value of people in an organization. And I'm pleased to welcome, <clears throat> excuse me, Claire Chandler, who's the president and founder of Talent Boost. Claire, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. I'm excited to have you. Before we dive into the topic, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Sure. So uh, I am a corporate survivor. I spent uh, close to 20 years in corporate America in roles ranging from communications, branding, and marketing. Uh, took a turn in customer relations and then uh, finished up my corporate career as the head of human resources for a large uh, environmental water and wastewater company. Uh, Ten years ago, I went out on my own. Uh, two years after that, I formally formed my uh, company, Talent Boost, and uh, today I focus on helping the investment community make smarter decisions about the companies that they fund and fuel by helping them make better decisions around the people that are running those businesses. Yeah, and that's a great topic. And and as many in the audience know that you know, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I happen to write a book on this subject, uh, you know, from a valuation lens. So anytime I have a guest that comes on that's in this space and, and talks about the idea that you can actually add value, create value, enhance value through the human capital component, I'm super stoked to talk about it. So let's just jump right on in there. Uh, and I guess tell us a little bit about how you're helping the investment community become, first of all, aware of this new, if you will, emerging topic. Yeah, um, and it's and that's absolutely right. It has to start with the awareness, right? And unfortunately, I think a lot of investors and, and businesses in general um, are, are a little bit slow to understand that it is the human capital that drives the majority of the value of, of business. Um, I think you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about the uh, the NYU uh, Stern School of Business study that came out uh, several years ago now, but but really showed that the value of a business has fundamentally shifted. Right back in the day, it was about ninety five percent driven by tangible assets, financial capital, operations, products, etc. Um, fast forward to today, over seventy two percent of a business's value is measured and driven by those intangible assets, primarily human capital, but it's also things like knowledge, intellectual property, um, service, your brand. So that is absolutely the first step, is having conversations like this with people in the investment community to help them better understand that they have to move their focus on what truly is going to drive value in a business and give them the return on investment that they're looking for. Yeah, and you know, in the valuation profession, uh, when we think about intangible assets, certainly in terms of ascribing value to them in a purchase price allocation you know, after a merger or acquisition, we think about things like trade names, brands, uh, patents, intellectual property, things like that. And the human capital component really gets short shrift and, as you know, doesn't wind up on a balance sheet. So how are you able to help your clients, you know, the private equity community, to, to understand that this really is a significant asset when it doesn't appear in a balance sheet? Yeah, it's such a, it's such a valuable question. And it, it's first by overcoming the myth that just because that capital is human, that it is too unpredictable to measure, right? 
Um, I know your your mantra at behind the numbers is you can't move and you can't improve what you can't measure, right? And I think um, for for far too long, investors and businesses have just sort of dismissed that human capital and said, we know it's important. We know we can't get you know get to where we're going without our people. We always talk about them being our most important asset. But since we can't quantify that value, we're just going to assume that they're valuable but not really do anything about it. Um, so part of what I do with my clients is I have a very powerful suite of um, assessment and diagnostic tools that I rely upon that actually can quantify the capacity and the capability of both leadership, the top management team in a company, as well as the depth of talent behind them. Um, you know, these are tools that have been around for decades um, and are really becoming more and more mainstream um, in terms of being a real right arm to businesses, to companies, and, and especially to, you know, to savvy investors who are understanding, okay, you know, I, I really do need to take this seriously and not wait until post-close to start to worry about, do I have the right people in the right roles? Yeah, so you said something there that I, I hope you're right on when you say that people just, uh, the investors just assume that people are valuable and then move on from there. Um, I know, unfortunately, a lot of times people are just perceived as commodities and, and they're not really necessarily given the value that, that they should be. But um, depending on where you get your data, Claire, anywhere between 75 and I think 90% of M&A deals don't deliver their desired synergies, you know, that one plus one equals three piece. And from what I've read, it sounds like most of the big reasons why that that's the case is because it's the failure to integrate that human capital component. So how are you working with clients to close that, I'll call it a due diligence gap, if you will? Yeah, and it's it's hugely important. The stat that I've seen, uh, I think Bain and Company uh, came out with a study earlier this year in the private equity space that said 92% of portfolio companies underperform. And the biggest reason for that is because of delays in talent decisions. Um, and that's, that is my big soapbox moment, if you will, with, uh, with the investment community and the clients that I work with is to say, the, the longer you wait to seriously and critically look at the talent in the organization or in the company that you are targeting for investment, the, and the longer it takes for you to really get your arms around what you have, what you need, and how to close the gap, the surer the bet that you are going to underperform in terms of your ROI. Um, so one of the things that I do, and, and just to comment on your earlier point, you're right, not every investor does fully appreciate that the talent, the human capital, is absolutely what drives the business. Um, and that's part of my kind of pre-qualifying process, if you will, is to really only work with investors who, who get it or who want to get it, right? Um, but really, one of the things that we do is in that, uh, that diagnostic piece, that assessment piece that I do pre-close, is really be able to deliver to an investor, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a profile, right, that measures and puts for them in stark relief what the, the true capacity of that leadership team is in that target company, where the gaps are, and some early opportunities that they have to move the needle. And then where the real magic happens is right after they have put their money behind that, that company and it shifts from a target company to a portfolio company, how do we spend those first 30 to 90 days on the integration? Really making sure that the top, uh, the top management team in place in that company understands, is bought in on the value creation plan and has the capacity and the capability to deliver on that. 
Um, sometimes that requires a very difficult conversation or series of conversations on both sides, right? On the investor side and certainly on the company side, because everyone wants to fulfill that value creation plan. But the top management team in that portfolio company can only actually fulfill that if they fully understand it, they fully buy into it, they see how they uh, you know, can contribute to it and have the capacity and the capability to, to make that happen. Yeah, Claire, uh, for the folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more about you or how they can work with you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? The easiest way to kind of cut through all the red tape is to just book a quick call with me. They can do that by going to discoverywithclaire.com. No cost, no obligation. Let's just get to know each other and have a quick conversation. Awesome. Claire, we only have about three minutes or so to go here in this first segment, so don't want to go too, too deep. But I uh, just want to touch on something that you just alluded to when you talk about you know, assessing and vetting leadership and so forth. Is there a key uh, criteria or characteristic, if you will, of a leader that lets you understand or lets the investor to understand their ability to better implement this post-close integration? Yeah, I would say one of the big uh, key capabilities that I look for in any leader in a company is uh, strategic perspective, strategic thinking. And I know that sounds like a pat answer, but it is absolutely mission critical, um, regardless of what the value creation plan looks like, that those leaders at the top possess the capacity and the natural capability to look at the big picture and understand how the little pieces fit into the big hole. And there are ways that we can measure that. Awesome. I think that's a great spot to take a commercial break. So, Claire, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break here, pay a few bills, and we'll be right back on Behind the Numbers. Kind of new here, but I've noticed a trend. My human does this funny thing where she goes around and gets all my toys, and then she hides them in that basket by the door. You know, but it's always the same basket, and it's always in the, in the same place. And then she acts so surprised when I find them, but, you know... She's putting them in the same basket again. It's like, hello, that's where you put it last time. You were the worst at hide and go seek. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about the value of people in an organization with Claire Chandler, who's president and founder of Talent Boost. Uh, Claire, welcome back. Round two. Uh, we had a great conversation in the first segment. I want to just continue on that same theme here um, because I know that from some of the guests that I've had on my program that are in the private equity space and in working with private equity clients, the perspective is changing. There, there are folks that are starting to get it. There are folks that who have gotten it um, and maybe are in fact working this human capital piece into their diligence, but they certainly understand it. Um, you mentioned you only work with clients that get it or want to. So how do you change the hearts and minds for the folks who are watching and listening who maybe don't quite appreciate this as they're thinking about things or you know, one of your prospective clients? Is that doable? 
I think it is doable. You know, I always say that there is a there's a certain percentage of the of the community out there, the leadership community, the business community, who are flat out uncoachable, right? Uh, who don't have the self awareness or, or or don't have the openness or even the humility or vulnerability to 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 kind of change their thinking and, and look in different ways. Fortunately, in my experience, that percentage of, of people in businesses is quite low. Um, I think for you know for people out there, there's a there's a first sort of uh, slice of the investment community where we can divide between the what I would call the corporate loan sharks, right? They hit it and flip it. I want to get in. I want to make a quick return. I want to get out. Um, that's not really my people. <laughs> I'm looking for you know the the folks that are out there who truly are driven by finding and fueling the businesses and leaders of the future. And I know that sounds like a lofty thing, but we are in an amazing time. Say what you want about COVID, and I know that is a challenge that's been unprecedented, but we're in an amazing time where so many businesses are really um, being formed and reformed around a big idea, around you know a, a Mars-level mission. Uh, I allude to that because Elon Musk is kind of my spirit animal, right? Um, <laughs> But you know, just just in terms of there, there's just this this energy that's out there in the market of companies that want to strive for something bigger and investors that want to help them make that happen. Um, and I think you know one of the one of the big myths uh, I alluded to or I mentioned a myth before the commercial break. But there's another myth out there that says that money is going to solve everything. That both the investor side and the company side say, well, if I only get this. Series A, Series B, et cetera, level of funding, I will then have what I need to get to, you know, point C, right? I've gotten to a point where I've gotten from point A, my origin, to point B, where I am today. And that's really all I need is an influx of capital to get me to point C. And the reality is the opposite. And I and I use the analogy of the big mega lottery winner, right? We so often hear the story of you know, the guy or the gal or the, you know, the, the office of people who won multiple millions of dollars and they are even worse than broke a year later because they just assumed that money was going to fix what was fundamentally broken. Um, and so, you know, part of this, you know, this, this trend of, of moving the needle and getting the investment community and the companies that are looking for investment to, to understand and to better appreciate the fact that money is just an enabler, but if you don't have the capacity and the human capital and the buy-in and the culture, all of those things in place in the company, it doesn't matter how much money you throw behind it, it's still going to, that's not going to address the cracks in your foundation. Yeah. Claire, I, I know we call the show Behind the Numbers, but every now and again when we get into these topics, I like to go into the numbers if you don't mind. And sure. you talked about leadership ROI. And I think in one of the big ways to help folks to understand and wrap their minds around the concepts that we're talking about is to try and quantify it, to measure that ROI. What's been your experience in what that ROI is and, and how have you quantified it? I think the, the best way to, to sort of look at that is to is to see what the ROI or the or what I would say the COI is, which is the cost of inaction, right? The cost of delayed uh, decisions, the cost of indecisiveness, is so you know to to an extent it is immeasurable. Um, but if you look at some of the numbers of you know when you when you look at the private equity industry as a whole, the biggest factor that they will cite in the success of any deal 
is also the biggest factor they will cite in the failure or underperformance of their deal, which is the caliber of the management team and the degree to which they are bought in to where you're trying to take their company, right? Because again, it's not enough just to throw money behind it. And that's not going to, you know, just because you have this big check that you hand to the top management team in a company, doesn't mean they are just magically going to get on board with where you want to take them. There has to be a synergy there. There has to be integration between the two. Um, you know, the, the other stat that I've seen, and I've definitely uh, seen it in real life, is it's something like 58%, and I think you've seen even higher numbers, of mergers and acquisitions and these types of investments fail to create value. And I think it comes back to the fact that they are putting all of their horsepower behind the you know the 28% of what drives business value these days and not the 72%, which is those intangible assets. So those are very real numbers. And I think they are getting harder and harder to ignore. And the savvy investors and the receptive target companies are starting to understand that these are things that if we want to stand out in the market, if we want to attract the right investors and we want to do the right things with that investment, we have to pay attention to what truly drives and creates value. Claire, I want to shift gears to the portfolio company side of the table, if you don't mind. So if sure. for those leaders in portfolio companies or those that are aspiring to be portfolio companies, uh, what advice do you offer them and how they can get ready to get ready, if you will? Yeah, I love that. Um, so Marshall Goldsmith, who I'm sure you've heard of, is famous for saying and writing a book called uh, What Got You Here Is Not Going to Get You There. And so, you know, I mentioned this, this point about companies that have come from their point A to their point B looking for some funding to help elevate their game and get them to, to point C. Um, the, the, the place that I start with all target companies looking for the right investors is similar to what I do with the investor side, which is do some organizational diagnostics, really understand what it is that made their journey possible from point A to point B. Was it blind luck? Did they do a series of strategic decisions and actions and customer engagements that truly put them on the path to here, right? Some of those things are going to speak volumes about their capacity and capability, two different things, to get to that point C. Um, so that's typically where I start with a target company um, before they can even contemplate attracting investors is really get them to a point where we can measure how aligned their top management team is around some of the dimensions that drive performance and profitability. And we can also assess the capacity of that management team to truly get them to the next level. So the same types of things that I do on the investor side to evaluate a target company are the things that I do with a prospective target company to get them more ready to attract the right investor. So Claire, for those folks watching and listening that want to learn more, how can they find you? Fastest way to do that, pull out your phone. I know you're on it right now anyway. Go to discoverywithclaire.com. You can book a free 15-minute call with me. I would love to get to know where you are in your journey and how I might be able to help. Great. So, Claire, you're also the author of a book called The Decision Dashboard, right? I am. Tell us a little bit about that and where we can get so, it. Yeah, absolutely. So The Decision Dashboard uh, came out of this framework that I have been using with my clients for, for years. And I'm a consultant, so I've got you know a whole bag full of frameworks and exercises and 
you know, things we can do to help people get from, from where they are to where they want to be. And this one framework that I have used over and over is the one that my clients keep pointing back to and saying was transformational for them. And it is a way to take that fire hose dose of overwhelm that leaders and business owners can feel, right? Because they're always taking in all of this input um, from their employees, from you know their, their clients, from their customers, from the market, and trying to make decisions that move the needle. And these are micro decisions, right? Those, those everyday short-term firefighting type things and the macro decisions, right? The long-term, the strategic, where are we going? And so I use this framework with my clients and we literally get very, very clear on what their mission is, right? What that point C or for some people their point B, what that looks like. And what are the, what are the uh, absolute fundamentals required to get there, right? What is mission critical in terms of skills, in terms of capabilities, in terms of, you know, value systems, in terms of, you know, products and services and all of those things. And then assess, there's that word again, right? But assess where the gaps are and and really kind of chunk them down into what are your fundamental gaps and what are the fundamentals that you have right now in spades that you could be leveraging, you know, in a much higher level to increase your competitive advantage. And I do, and, and there's a couple of other categories in that um, framework, but the result is a one-page dashboard. And literally all of my clients that I've taken them through this framework, anytime I talk to them, I say, where's your dashboard? And invariably they go, I've got it right here in my pocket and it's folded up and it's crumpled and it because they're constantly referring to it to guide their, their decisions, both short-term and long-term. So I decided to take that that framework and that methodology and put it into a into a book. Um, and so it really is, you know, the, the purpose is to help as many people as possible go through that process, filter down all that data, all that information that they are taking in and put it into a format that literally will guide better decisions. Because like I said before, the, you know, the, the key to success is the ability to make decisions and to make them quickly. Yeah, and, and we talked a lot about the idea of being prepared and doing things up front. You know, in, you, in terms you use was pre-close, but I'm sure a lot of deals that you've been involved with, you know, post-close, maybe they haven't gone through that deep a dive to do the, the proper legwork up front. So, in, in just a few minutes that we have left here, can you just tell us uh, briefly, maybe in the next three minutes, Claire, what would your advice be for those private equity groups or other investors who are now post-close? didn't take the deep dive up front for planning, how can they still salvage their deal and, and get the synergies they're hoping to achieve? Yeah, great, great question. Um, first, just to cover off on the on the book, people can go and download a copy at thedecisiondashboard.com. I should have mentioned that just a, a second ago. But to answer your question, um, it's never too late to to bring in somebody like me to you know give those investors a, a better perspective on the intangible assets that they have acquired or just invested in. Um, you know, it's it, the, the longer you wait, the worse it is, right? Because everyone has this this ROI target, this value creation plan, and the longer you wait to to do it the right way, to get it embedded within the people and the company that is, uh, you know, kind of being tasked with executing it, the harder it's going to be, and the lower your return. Um, so I would say to those folks. You're, you're not completely lost, you know, it's, it's fine if you already started down the road and you haven't pulled in that lens and that perspective, but the longer you wait, the harder your journey is going to be. 
Gotcha. Claire, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us on Behind the Numbers today. Hopefully we'll have you back on again sometime in the future. Sounds great. I appreciate you having me. Uh, pleasure. We've been talking today with Claire Chandler, who's the president and founder of Talent Boost, uh, a topic that's near and dear to my heart, the value that people contribute to an organization. Uh, for those of you watching and listening at home or on the road or in your car, wherever you may be, thank you. We can't do this without you supporting the program. And whatever platform you're watching or listening on, please do hit the subscribe button so that we can stay in touch. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and I'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care.